we, today's daf is Tzadi Gimel in uh, in Eovin. We got to the, up to the wide lines. And basically what it's speaking about in, in here is Abaye was raising the question of whether you have any cases where a mechitza, a wall, makes a situation worse rather than better, right? It can make a create a prohibition instead of alleviating prohibition. And he was saying that there's, this type of thing is... Uh, is is not usual or is not something that we we would typically find and and there's something counterintuitive about it. I don't know if he was really objecting to the previous halacha or he was just raising a question. It's not so clear. But they're responding to this by giving different examples of where the creation of a mechitza of some sort actually uh, makes the situation more strict. And in each one of those cases, Abayez rejoinder, his response was that, no, when, what you think is really, uh, is really a creation of a mechitza is, is actually a removal of a mechitza by thickening something or by closing something off where, um, where you're eliminating the legal function of the, of the mechitza. So now the last case that they gave us, another, they keep trying to give cases, and here's the case of... of um, Kilaim bakerim, where you where you you plant the vineyard and then you uh, want to plant other seeds next to it. So normally, if you plant the vineyard and you want to plant other kinds of seeds, you have to separate for amot. What happens if you have a wall, right? So if you have a wall, so we said that if you didn't have a wall and you had a vineyard, you could just separate for amot and then plant whatever you wanted to for amot away from the vineyard. But since you have a wall, now you have to separate more. Meaning that if there's a wall. And the, and the vineyard comes within 11 amot of the wall, right? You have to have at least 12 amot from the wall in the vineyard because you have a wall, right? If you just had, if you had nothing, you would just have to separate four amot away from the vineyard and plant. But since you have a wall there on the other side, you have to, uh, you have to, now normally, like we said, normally it's lahakel. Normally the wall separates between two things. So if you have a wall in between a vineyard and other kinds of seeds, then it actually eliminates any requirement of spacing. You can put them right next to each other just across from the, you know, they're on either side of the wall. But if you're on the same side of the wall, you, ha- you have to have at least 11, uh, more, at least 12 amot from the wall to where you're going to, uh, you know, in order to plant there. You can't just separate four amot and squeeze in another uh, another uh, field in between that and the and the wall. If there's less than twelve amot, we're going to see. But the point is that that creates more of a stringency. It limits you in your ability to plant having the wall. So that seems like a stringency, and um, and and the and that's why I said vizoyi mechitzot hachmir. That's the case where. Mm-hmm. Um, if there had been no machitza, you simply could have moved the, 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 the four amot over and planted. But since you have a, uh, you know, a wall there, you can't do that because you need even more space. That was, the, that was the concern that they said, look, you see that there's a case where there's a wall that creates a problem. Because you don't have, an, you can't just move four amot to the side and, and plant. So, so the answer is so viletamech, and this is what we're up to the second wide line. Amale said that according to you, odvan vimatniti. Right? Really, we can raise the objection from the Mishnah itself. What is that? Why is that? Because it's not we learned, and we've learned this Mishnah before in Kilayim before. If you have a, uh, a, the bold spot of the vineyard, which means something in the center is open, okay, we're gonna, we'll, it'll be clarified in a second. According to Beit Shammai, you need 24 amot space in order to plant in between the kerem. The in other words, you have a vineyard, and in the middle of the vineyard, you have open space. There's a space in between. It's broken. It's interrupted, right? So if there, there have to be at least 24 amot of space in the center from one side to the other, in order to plant in there, according to Beit Shammai, according to Beit Hillel, 16 is enough. Okay, Mechola Kerem, if you have Mechola Kerem, which is where it comes up against the wall, Beit Shammai Omrim, 
Vejamai says, Tedzainama. There you need 16 amot of Beitilel. Omim Yud Betama Beitilel says you need 12 amot away from the wall. Vezoi Karachat Kerem. What is the bold spot of the, uh, of the vineyard? Kerem Shechavim Taito. That's talking about where the middle of the Kerem is, is wide open. In other words, it's empty. And you want to plant something else in there. So according to Beitilel, uh, you need 16 amot there in order to plant. Right? If you have 16 amot there, so then Notelo Kdeavodatov is Oreat Amotar. So what you do is you make you make space for the avodah and you plant the rest. Meaning to say that you leave four amot on the right side, four amot on the left side. Okay, that's kedevodato. And then you'll have in the middle four amot to plant. Okay, that's, so that's why you, so you have vineyard on your right and vineyard on your left. There's a space in the middle. So as long as you can make a distance of four amot from the vineyard on your left and a distance of four amot on the vine, from the vineyard on your right and you still have four amot in the center to plant... You're good according to Beit Hillel. Now, Ezoi Mechol HaKerem. What's Mechol HaKerem? Ben HaKerem LeGader. That's when you have a, uh, the vineyard comes close to a wall. Okay, Shimen Sham Yud Bet Ama. If there is not 12 Amot there, so Lo Yavizel Lesham. You cannot bring anything else to plant there. But Hayusham Yud Bet Ama. If there is 12 Amot, so then Noten Lo Kedei Avodat Ova Zoreyat Amotar. Then you give him the space that he needs and he, and he plants the rest. In other words, if there's 12 Amot, the, the, the vineyard comes up to here. So then you make four Amot space for work, for a person to be able to get, bring the plow or workers to walk there or whatever. All right? And then you have another four amot. And then, of course, you need four amot of distance from the wall because otherwise you're going you're gonna to ruin the wall because if you plant too close to the wall, it's going to cause the wall to uh, fall over, possibly. It will undermine the wall. The roots will go under the wall and it will be a problem. So, the, so he says, so Beit Tilel says you need 12 amot there. Beit, Beit Shammai says you need more. I don't understand what you're saying. The wall, I mean, it's going to ruin the wall. Who cares? I mean, why is the wall? Uh, that, that's what the halacha is. That it has to, ha- you have to have, it has to be something that yeah, is, you know. It's a good question. Why? Why do they make laws related to the to the the uh, uh, to the wall, functionality of the wall? I don't know, but um, but that but when you have the wall there, and that's that's basically what the answer is going to be of the. Um, but I, I guess the idea is that it's not sustainable. So it's not a sustainable planting because it's not. Uh, it has to be something which is sustainable in order to um, in order to be uh, halachically recognized. And so, if you make it too close to the wall, everybody knows it's not going to be sustainable. So it's not really considered to be um, legitimate. So you have to you have to have like uh, a, a legitimate amount of space first of all between the kerem and the planting, and then between the wall and planting. But it's a good question. It's a halacha that seems to like be concerned with the. Um, with the wall itself, which is unusual, true, because there's no halacha that you have to preserve a wall. But in either case, the idea, that's the idea of Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai. Beit Shammai says you always need eight amot of planting area and then four amot on each side. If there's kerem on both, the difference between these two things is that if there's kerem on both sides, you need four amot on both sides. Plus, you need in the middle four amot according to Beit Hillel and eight amot according to Beit Shammai. If you're by a wall, so then you need four amot. From the uh, from wherever the kerem ends to wherever you're starting, and then you're going to need four amot in the uh, in the uh, in the middle, and then you're going to need four amot from the wall. Okay, so that's the so in the in that case you're going to need twelve. Uh, you're going to need twelve amot because you're in, in when you're in between two. Kramim, you have to leave more space. That's the idea. When you're in between two kramim, you have to leave more space. You need, according to Beit Shammai, I mean, according to both of them, actually, uh, Beit Hillel is going to require that you leave uh, 16 amot and Beit Hillel 24. And when you're against the wall, Beit, Beit Hillel is going to say you need 12 amot and Beit Shammai is going to say you need 16. Okay, that, that's, that's the basic principle. But what you see is that the wall being there makes a complication. 
So he says, well, why don't you bring an objection from that Mishnah? So it says, Elahatam Ainuta, Lav Ainutama. Isn't this the reason over there? Dekol Dalid Amot Legabe Kerem. Because every four Amot is Avodate Kerem. Right? Legabe Gader, Kevan de la Mizderan, Afkure Mafkalehu, Debeni Beni. Right? So he says, the thing is that since generally the four Amot next to any um, Kerem is going to be considered a, uh, is going to be considered an area of work. For whatever it's next to. Now here, next to a wall, they're going to be they're going to make it hefker, meaning they're going to say that uh, that uh, that the uh, you know that it's it's not something to be used because they don't want anybody to work right up next to the wall because it compromises the wall. So they're going to say that it's nothing. So the beni beni and what's in between? And then if in the middle there has to be a significant area that's considered worthy of planting. And that maybe that's the answer to your question. In other words, it wouldn't be considered a significant area worthy of planting if it's close to the if it's too close to the wall because nobody would really plant there or you know you, you, maybe that's the reason why they're worried about the um, the wall because it it means that you're not really serious about that that being counted towards planting and in order to be considered an area that you're planting it has to be for amot. Now the point is that the for amot next to the wall a person you know forgets about using it for anything because it's something that is not uh, it's not going to be a good idea only after that we start counting the four amot and then of course you need another four amot between that and the karen but it's not really because the mechitza creates a prohibition it's because that area is not really good for planting and that's a totally different issue than talking about a mechitza creating a prohibition putting in a mechitza creating a prohibition it's not that the mechitza creates a prohibition it's that because the mechitza is there nobody would use that right next to the wall in order to plant so it doesn't count towards our planting so basically in the end what Abaye says is I defended my position that there's never a case where you put in a wall and it creates a prohibition always a wall either lessens a prohibition in some way Right? Or it could be a practical issue, like here, it's a practical issue of planting next to the wall. But it's not that the wall's existence creates a prohibition here. Now, so they asked a the question. The the I didn't hear what you said. If there was no wall, you can plant to the end. What do you mean to the end? Under what? <laughs> to the end of the field. But if you if you don't have any wall, you just have to have four amot away from wherever the vineyard ends, and you have no limit and at all. But if you have a wall there, then you can't say I'm going to go. You have to make you have to make consideration for the amount of space next to the wall that you wouldn't uh, that you wouldn't be using, and you're blocked. You know, you're blocked. So and it, and it has to be realistic. So if there's only six amot left or whatever next to the wall, you can't say I'm, I'm going to plant here because it's not really it's not really a, a legitimate area to plant. Now Amar Gimel Now here's an interesting case. Now Rashi explains really the details of the case. So basically, the halacha is that uh, if a person it, we know the halacha the halacha of karpefot that you have enclosures that are not for residential purposes. Now. This is not exactly, exactly talking about that, but this is talking about people who find themselves, let's say, camping out somewhere where there is no uh, enclosure and they want to create an enclosure that they can use for Shabbat purposes. They have an enclosed area. So they make an enclosure, as she explains, that either has vertical sticks going around. So it's somewhat of a makeshift enclosure. It's not a full mechitza. If it were a full mechitza, this wouldn't be an issue. But we're talking about a, it has either what he calls, uh, you know, kanim, that has like uh, uh, sticks, 
or or it has like chavalim, uh, so ropes that go uh, horizontally. But either way, it's it's not a fully enclosed, but it's enclosed in a makeshift way around this area. That's what he's calling karpefot. Now, the thing is that the rule was that the chachamim made about karpefot that we know that if it's so large that you could put uh, uh, two se'ah of planting in that area, then we would say that it's not considered, a, we, we can't carry in that area. That's the rule of the karpef in general. But if a group camps out in a karpef that they create like this, where they're doing it in order to create like a campsite. So the rabbis were more lenient and they said, since this is enclosed for res- residential purposes for this group, we're not going to I- apply the law of the karpef. Even though it's not a full enclosure, it's like more like a park, but because they're doing it in order to uh, stay here for Shabbat and camp out, it's more lenient. Now the thing is, they only allowed that for three people. Three people, I mean, it, it's called shayara. If you have a, if you have a caravan, a group of people that are traveling and they camp out like this. So then we allow them to rely on this leniency of even enclosing a very large area with a makeshift kind of enclosure. But if it was just one person, then he wouldn't be able to go past that measurement of the two se'ah space. He would have to keep his, his makeshift enclosure very small. Now, what, they, what this case is going to talk about is where you have three karpefot like this that are in, opening to one another. Just like we have all these cases of the chatzerot that one opens to the middle one, the middle one opens to the one on the left. It's going to be the same concept, except here we're going to have that one guy is in, is in karpef aleph, one is in bet, one is in gimel. So are those three guys considered to be together so we can allow them to, you know, to have as big of an area as they want? Because we say there's three people here. Or are these guys not considered together? Each one is independent. Okay. Now the first, so Rav Yehuda is going to ask about it, about this. So first he starts with where the two outer ones have megufafim um, uh, means that it, it's it's closed. In other words, it has an indent. So the middle one is flush with both of the external ones, but the out, the external ones. Uh, bend inward, so they actually have it has a picture. Yeah, yeah. so they are uh, they are have a, a clear demarcation where they end. So we've seen this before, right? With the large chater and the small chater. Now the large chater it has the it indents, so you can tell where the large chater ends. But the small chater, if you're standing in there, it looks like you see right in. You don't see any wall, right? So if the middle one can see right into the right and the left one, but the one on the right and the one on the left, they have a clear demarcation there that they can tell where the line is. Where there's an so v'yachid b'zeh v'yachid b'zeh, and you have an individual on each one. So nasak yisheirav and utnil and kotorkan, right? So we say that we actually consider them all as one group because the guy in the middle, because the one on the outside. And it has his area. The one on the outside has his area. They're allowed to go into the middle area. The middle area can go into either one. So they're all really considered one one group. Okay, in that case, we're going to allow them uh, to uh, uh, to all be considered one. Now Rashi says, Because we say that the ones who live on the outside can also have access to the small. Right? They also have access to the small one. Right, so the the point is that they're all considered together because since they are the middle one is considered like an offshoot of the uh, of the bigger ones, right, of the outer ones, I should say. So then, uh, so they're all considered one family. However, what about the reverse? Right, so uh, it, it, so it says, um, what if it's the opposite way? The inner one has 
you can see has a, a, an indent on either side. The outer ones, if you're in the outer one, you, see, you don't see anything on the fourth side. You just see right into the middle. But the middle guy has actually the, has a, a curving in of his wall. Right? They have a picture of it too, I'm sure. Yeah. So in that case, he's the one who perceives himself as separate. But if you're in one of the large outer ones, you perceive yourself as together with the inner one. You don't see any difference. So in that case, So in that case, we only give them We only allow them the area, as she says, uh, if you only allow them up to the uh, the uh, amount of a bit of time, they're only allowed to have that limit of the two sa'ah because, and he explains, they're not all together considered together. Why? Because the right? So because it says because the middle one has a certain access to the outer, right? Right. Because since the middle is cut off, he has the ability to go into either of the other ones, but they don't have the ability to consider his part of theirs because they're open to his. So he actually is the one who's considered the central one because he, he's cut off on both sides. The one that has, just like the large chatzer that has the uh, indent and can see where the small chatzer begins is considered the defining force and the small one is subordinate to the large one. So here we're saying that the outer ones are subordinate to the middle one, but since the ones on the opposite sides don't have any connection, right, and they don't have any access to the middle, just the middle has access to each one, so there's considered two in, in, in the right side and two on the left side, but not in the middle because the other ones don't have a right to the middle. So therefore, it's not going to be three people and therefore they only get the amount of uh, of the uh, two uh, space. Ibailo, they asked a question. What if you have one on the right and one on the left and two in the middle? Two people. Right, two people. So, it's, so you just said that the two could go to either side, right? We could count the, because you said before that the one in the middle could count for the right side or could count for the left side. But, the, but, the, but they don't all count together. Right, so so why? So because if they decide to go out on the right side, then they're with the with the guy on the right side. It's three. They go on the left side with, with him. It's three. It says Odilma Or maybe you're gonna say no. One of them maybe will go with the right, and one of them will go with the left. So both sides have only two, and you need three to be occupying an area to not have the space requirement, the space limitation. So it says, So then let's change the case. Let's say there were two on the right and two on the left and one in the middle. So now whichever way he goes is going to be three. So maybe we should say that that's considered to be three in the in the area, so so it says because there will, and then it says because there definitely he could, any way he goes he's part of one of them right oh delma but maybe he'll say that he you know he meaning we don't know which one so we can't give either one. We don't know which one he's going to choose to, to be with, so we, we can't give him either one. So what do we say? So it says, We say in all of these questions, leniency, because it's only rabbinic law. So we say whenever you have one of these setups, that you have two people in the middle, or two people on either side and one in the middle, okay, even though the middle one is the one that is cut off from the others, it's the one that has the indent and its walls from the other one, we're going to say that they're all connected to each other and they're allowed to get a waiver on the limit of space on that carpet for that enclosure for that Shabbat. Amar says, Gidud Chamishaf. You have, um, eleva- you have elevation from the ground of five Tfachim. Umechitza Chamishaf. En mitzarfit. 
That doesn't come on. Now, this is generally not what we say, but he's saying that like this, that if you have, let's say, two chatserot and one of them is elevated higher on the ground, but also has a wall. So since it's elevated higher on the ground, five, let's say, for example, you have a Ezrat Nashim, you could find this, you know, you have like, let's say it's elevated a certain amount, and then the mechitza, does it have to still be the same height if it's already elevated? Because it's already, can you count the elevation towards the mechitza? Or do you still have to have the same size mechitza you would normally have? So since the one chatzir is already five amot, I'm sorry, five tzvachim, higher on gra- than ground level, let's say. Let's assume the lower one is ground level, right? So it's five tzvachim uh, higher, plus it has a five tefach uh, wall, is that considered having a 10 tefach wall? Now, if you're standing in the lower chatzir, you see 10 tefachim of solid uh, whatever. But if you're in the uh, upper one, you only see a 5 tefach wall. You don't see a 10 because you're elevated. So he's... Uh, something similar. Yeah, something similar. Yeah. There is an objection. If you have two chatzirot, one is higher than the other 10 tefachim, or if it has... Elevation of five and also a wall of five. So that's what we're talking about here. It says they can't combine into one into one uh, eruv because they have a ten tefach separation, even though it might be combined from elevation and from wall. If that if the total elevation is less than ten, then they have to join together because there's not a wall significant enough between them. So that, this seems to go against Rav Chista because Rav Chista is saying you can't combine elevation with wall, but this says like literally in black and white very clearly that you can't. So it says, Amar, and it should say not Rav, but it should say what? Rava. Amar Rava, Modei Rav Chizda B'Tachtona. You're right. Since the Tachtona is Ro'ah Pnei Asara, since the people on the lower Chatzir see a division of Tent Vachim, they definitely cannot join with the upper Chatzir. Right? They're not going to be able to join with the upper Chatzir because they are, they see a wall of Tent Vachim right in front of them. The people on the upper Chatzir have a problem. That they're not going to be able to join, according to Rav Chizda, they're going to be stuck. They're not going to be able to join amongst themselves because they're considered open to the lower chatzer. They're not going to be able to join with the lower chatzer because from the lower chatzer's perspective, they're separate because they have a wall there. Right? So they're going to be in a bad position. According to Rav Chizda, it will be bad. But for the lower chatzer, they're fine. They say, we have a wall of ten tvachim here. We don't have to worry. If that's true, Tachtona Te'arev Shedaim Velo Te'arev Echad Elyona. Right, so it says, so it says, Velo Te'arev Echad. Then according to that, the lower one can make, um, it has to make its own Eruv. But, but Elyona, Lo Te'arev Lo Echad Velo Shedaim. That the upper one won't be able to make any Eruv. Because on one hand, it's not really separated. Because when it looks, it only sees, the people on the upper Chad, only see five, it only sees Chamishat Vachim. Five Vachim, it's not enough. Right, on the other hand, the people on the lower see Asarat Vachim. They see a separation, so there's no, there can't be a union between them. So Amar said, We're talking about like this. Here's a case where it could work, where there could be more options. Okay, you have in the upper chazer a wall of uh, on either side. You have a full wall, but in the middle there are ten amot where it's only a five tefach wall, and combined with the elevation of is ten tefachim. So in other words, imagine you have a, a full wall of the height of 10 Tvachim that goes up to here and then in the middle section it's only a 5 Tvach wall but we still consider a 10 Tvachim separation because if you look below that wall there's another 5 Tvachim of elevation below that okay so that's what it means that it's, it's flanked on either side by wall but in the middle it's open now what's the, how will that work so, it, so therefore so it, it, because of that you have the option still of, um, of making two that's why it said there 
פחות מכאן. So Rashi says, והיא מגופפת, מחיצה שרורה לגידוד, עד עשר אמות אמצעיות שניחוק כי אין פתח, ולא הניחו שם מחיצה שרורה. המחיצה חמישה וגידול חמישה, כך שתיהן מערבות לעצמן, and that will mean that they won't interfere with each other, because the lower one can say, well, we see a ten tefach elevation all along, because we see the, the elevation here plus the wall. So the people on the lower one are going to see a separation, and the people above have walls on either side of Tent Vachim, and it has an opening in the middle. And we know that when something has an opening in the middle, when there's an opening between two Chatzirot that is not too big, let's say it's up to 10 Amot, they have the option of making an Eruv or not. So the upper one will say, well, we opt not to. Right, so they're, they're not ruined by the lower, by the lower chatzer because they just have a door to the lower chatzer. Okay, we have an opening to the lower chatzer. We opt to be independent of the lower chatzer. The people on the lower chatzer say, well, we don't have an option either way because we are blocked because you have a 10 tefach wall all along. So uh, partially of elevation and partially of wall, but it doesn't matter. So therefore, it, they won't prohibit each other, right? So because she says, for the lower one, it's totally cut off. And for the upper one, they just have a door to the lower one. Having a door doesn't require you to make an Eruv together with the other Chatzir. It just gives you the option, right? So, but that's true. What about the end where it says, It said if it's less than 10, right? That's what it said before. If it's less, they can make one Eruv, but they cannot make two. Right, but why should it be that? Why should that be? So Rashi says again, We're talking about that wall in the middle, which we're calling from the upper perspective, from the perspective of the upper chater is called a door. Right, it's called an entrance. From the perspective of the lower, it doesn't make a difference because it's just part of the wall. Right. So, but the thing is that if you're going to say that that is, so it says, still it's considered a doorway. It shouldn't require the people below to make, a, uh, to make an Eruv with the people above. It should just be like a doorway. So it's lower. So in other words, before this, it was a doorway from the perspective of the upper Chatzir. And it was a wall from the perspective of the lower chatzir. Now that you lowered it a little bit, so now it's a door from both perspectives. It's not a full 10 tefach height from the lower perspective, from the people below, and it's not a full 10 tefach height from the people above. So why can't they have the option? Either we can say we're one, or we can say we're two. This must be talking about further, we have to further clarify the case. We're talking about where the lower chatzir is totally open to the upper chatzir, meaning to say... That its elevation and its wall, okay, uh, the op- the the lower chater is is open directly into it. So Rashi says, meaning the whole width of that smaller chater is only ten amot. It fits right into that opening, right? So even though the upper chater has like on the side flanked uh, sides, it's more similar to the cases we've learned before, where you have a smaller chater that goes right into a larger chater and you don't see any distinction. What's in front of you if you're in that lower chatzir? What's in front of you is the, sm- the small elevation in front of you. But basically, w- the, if that's diminished, there's nothing in front of you. If that were to be gone, there'd be a step in front of you, right? So it says, th- that's what it's talking about. So, Therefore, the upper chatzir will prohibit it and will not be able, right? And what is the Bach correct there? He says, Right. If it doesn't make a, an Eruv, it will be a problem just like if you have the large Chatzir where the small Chatzir opens on its side into the large Chatzir. So meaning like this, if you're in the small Chatzir, your whole side is that opening 
in the uh, in the uh, upper chaser. So if it is five tefachim elevation and five tefachim wall, so then there's no uh, there's no, nothing to worry about because from the upper perspective they're sealed off because they have the sides, they have the flanks on the sides, and from the lower perspective you're sealed off also. If they lower it, so now it's like a, it, we had said, well, it would be like a doorway, but that's only true if the if the Outer, if the lower chater had both the flank, saw both the flanks on the sides as well as the thing in front of them. But now that all they see is the thing in front of them, we're saying now they, they don't see the flanks on the side that the upper chater, that the upper chater sees. That only the upper chater sees. The lower chater sees just what's right in front of them. Their whole fourth side is just this. 10 tefach of elevation plus wall, which now is 8 tefachim, let's say. So now really there's no wall between them. Really there's nothing between them on that side. Because 8 tefachim by itself wouldn't constitute a wall. 8 tefachim could be considered a doorway, which gives them an option when they can also see wall up to there and then a lower area that could serve as a doorway. But if all they see is the lower wall, that's not a wall at all. And therefore the lower chater will be required to join with the upper chater. They won't have an option. That's why I said, pachot mikan, if it's less, they must join together. So the Gemara says, so, if that's true, so then that means that for sure the lower chatzar has to join with the upper chatzar because all they see is seven or eight or nine fachim wall in front of them. It's nothing, right? And for the upper chatzar that has full walls on the left and the right and just a lower sec- section entering into the lower chater, so that's like a doorway. So they have the option. If they want to join with them, they can. And if they don't want to, they should. They don't need to. So in Achinami, you're right. And when we said that if it's lower than 10 Tvachi, they have to make one Eruv, we were talking about the lower chater, So it doesn't have to apply to both. In other words, what we're saying is that in this case, because from the perspective of the large chater, of, of the upper chater, it's larger, obviously, it's wider, they have full walls, and then at a certain section, it goes lower, and they could enter into the lower chater if they wanted to. From the perspective of lower chater, all they have is that lower section of the upper chater. So if that lower section is, is from the perspective of the lower chater, if that diminished section is still ten vachim high, no so there's no problem. But once it's lower than that, for the upper chater, it doesn't matter. It's just a doorway. So they can decide yes or no to join with the lower chater. But from the lower chater's pro- uh, perspective, that's the only thing separating them from the upper chater. So unless they have an eruv with the upper chater, they will be stuck. And that is what, uh, what was meant. Now, Darash Marimar, Marimar just disagrees with the whole thing. He says, It's not true. An elevation of five and a wall of five do combine together. It doesn't matter. Whether you and, the, and and generally in Hilchot Shabbat we do talk about that because we talk about how you know elevations of various kinds can serve as mechitot in Hilchot Shabbat. Amar le is I'm sorry. Ashkechei Ravinado Ravacha Brei Ravah. So Ravinado found Ravacha the son of Ravan. Amar le Tanei Mor Midi BeMechitza. He said the. Uh, uh, did you did you learn anything? Did you uh, did you teach anything regarding Mechitza? Was there any discussion regarding Mechitza? And he said to him, uh, and he said, Amar he said, no. But the bottom line is, Gidur chamisha umchitza chamisha mitzarfin, that we do combine an elevation of five with a Mechitza of five uh, to make a wall. So that's, and, and that is generally true. So now, Ba'erav Hoshaya, the Yorin Abayin B'Shabbat, Ma'u Sheyasu, now we've learned about this before. What happens if new people come into the Chatzir on Shabbat? Do they prohibit everybody? Right? Do you have an Eruv? But now, now here we're talking about not just new people showing up, but what it means to say, really it's talking about where the wall falls down. In other words, if you had two different chatserot next to each other, 
They made an, they didn't make an Eruv with each other. They made an Eruv independently and then the wall falls down. So now we're all part of one Chatzer. So what, that's like new people coming on Shabbat because now these people who are not my neighbors in my Chatzer are now my neighbors now because the wall fell down. The residents, right? not guests. Right, right. The residents have a different Chatzer. So it's yeah. like, it's like, it's like new people showed up. Now all of a sudden they're part of the, uh, they're part of, um, you know, they're part of the same group than they weren't before. So what do we do? So I'm Rav Chizda, what is Rav Chizda? It says Rav Chinanat should say, okay? That says that if a large chater is open to a small one, right? So the large one is allowed to carry, but the small one cannot. Like we saw before, since the small one opens completely on its fourth side to the large one, it is not able to continue carrying unless they have an eruv with the large one. The large one can keep going because since they can see the sides and they know where their area ends, there's no problem of them making a mistake there. But there is a problem of the people on the small one. Right, Amar Abba said, "Emar mi ba'odiyom nifrotza." That's not a good proof because Rav Chinana is assuming that that's talking about a case where the wall fell down on Shabbat, and he's saying, "Oh, you see, it changes the dynamic because before Shabbat, right, up until the point that the wall fell down, the people in the small chutz were having a perfectly good time, and the people in the big chutz were having a good time. Now that the wall fell down, all of a sudden the people in the small chutz are not allowed to carry anymore because now they have an opening right into the big chutz." He says, that, that's not talking about what it happened on Shabbat. That's mi yom nifrutza. That happened before Shabbat. We're not talking about that it actually happened on Shabbat. If it happened on Shabbat, we keep the status quo for the whole Shabbat. We don't change the status quo on Shabbat. Right? Amar le'abai, said, lo amor emar. He said, don't say maybe we could say it happened before Shabbat. Ela vadai mi yom nifrutza. It's definitely talking about that it happened before Shabbat. Right? Deha mor amar, because didn't the master himself say that I asked Rav Huna, and he says, I myself asked Rav Yehuda also, we asked, what happens if two chatserot next to each other made an eruv with each other based on the fact that they had a door between them, or based on the fact that they had a window between them, between the wall and the wall, and it nistam chalon, meaning something happened and it got stuffed, it got closed, it collapsed, there was no longer a way back and forth. We said, Vamali, and he said to me, Shabbat, Kevan once for that Shabbat, they are united together. They're united together, that's it. They're allowed to keep passing things over the wall and everything. Their Erovei Chatzerot is perfectly fine for the entire Shabbat. Now, after Shabbat, they got to fix it. But for that Shabbat, we keep the status quo. So, so too, if a wall fell down, now obviously we're not talking about where a Dilraita would be involved. If the walls of a Rashut Yachid collapsed and now you're in the Rashut Rabim, you can't say it's, uh, you can't say, oh, I'm going to pretend that the Rashut Yachid is still here. Like We're talking room. about, no, right, that kind of Eruv, yeah, like the, the like the string. Because that is not a, is, is a matter of Mechitzot, where you're talking about a Deoraita, what's the finest Rashut Yachid? But if you're talking about here, the Rabbanan, the rabbis can say, we're going to keep the status for the rest of the Shabbat and we don't have to make an Eruv Echatzerot. Now, I'm, uh, so, um, quote, uh, so Itmar was stated, if a wall between two Chatzot Shenefal, it fell down. So now you cannot carry more than four amot because this fell down. Now Rashi says, Rav So he says there's a problem because on one hand, he says that we don't have the concept that once something is permitted for Shabbat, it's permitted for the entire Shabbat. And he said that, uh, and he says, and even we don't even consider it one chatzer. Meaning, because in one chatzer, if we were to say that, oh, this is a situation where there's one chatzer, but they didn't make an eruv, 
you would still have certain leniencies, like anything that was left in the chatzer from before Shabbat, you're always allowed to move around the chatzer on Shabbat. You're just not allowed to bring things from the house. He says, he doesn't even allow that. He says, this is even worse than a regular case of, an er- of a chatzer that did not have an eruve chatzerot, because in a re- case of a regular eruve chatzerot, lack of eruve chatzerot, you would say, okay, um, you know, you can at least move the things that are in the chatzer from before Shabbat. He's saying you can't even do that because we have a, um, we have a, uh, a problem because since each one of these chatzerot made an eruv of its own before, and now they're combined together, that's worse, he's saying. Because now you have a double reshut combined together and that's no good and you can't move anything at all. That's what Rav says. Okay, now, Shemuel Amar, says, no, each person can carry up to the point where the wall used to be. You know, whatever's left of the wall. So they can walk up to that point. And we didn't learn this explicitly from Rav. We inferred it. We figured it out from something that Rav said. Because, because one time, Rav and Shmuel were sitting in a certain, in a certain courtyard. And, and this exact situation happened. That the wall fell down. Shmuel said, So he said that, uh, he said to the, um, to the servant, the attendant or whatever, take a shirt or take a talit or whatever and, and, and put it over where the wall fell down. Okay? I put it over the wall fell down. And Rav, Rav and Rav turned away. He turned his face away, meaning I don't want anything to do with this, uh, what, what he's doing. Okay? Now the thing is, he said, if Abba, meaning Rav, is upset about this, then no problem. I don't know why this is a good solution, but he says, if he's a, he says then what you should do is, take his belt, and tie it with his belt. Meaning he was saying, like, he's going to give me problems? Because it was actually Shmuel's like uh, neighborhood that I was going to give me problems. Take his own belt and tie it on there. Now the thing is, but Shmuel just said that if the wall falls, it's not a problem. So why is he requiring them to fix the wall? Why is he requiring them to put a curtain up on the wall? It's weird. So the Gemara says, so right? Ha, right? So lamali ha, what do you need this for? Ha, maru zem Didn't Shmuel just say you don't have to do anything? Shmuel avil tzniuta be'alma. Shmuel was saying just cover it for tzniut purposes, meaning for privacy. Like we don't want everyone in the next door chater uh, looking in, right? But but it doesn't mean that uh, we're actually we're actually making mechitza because you don't need to. According to according to Shmuel, it's good for the entire Shabbat, even though the wall fell down. Virav. If Rav thought that you weren't allowed to do this, in other words, according to Rav, you're not allowed to carry the talit to go to go close off the area. Let alone would that actually count as fixing the mechitza? Forget about that, because if that were actually fixing the mechitza, would be a on Shabbat anyway to start building. So clearly, he wouldn't allow that, right? But but according to Rav, that you're not allowed to move anything. He said, why are you moving things around and going and fixing things? You're not allowed to carry anything in this chazer now. You're doing the wrong thing. But if Rav really disagreed, so why doesn't he say something? Why doesn't he say something? It's because it was Shmuel's jurisdiction. It was his town. That's why he was being so uh, aggressive. Shmuel was like, I'm going to take your belt and tie it with your own belt. You know, because it was his area. On the other hand, so then why did he turn his face? So if that's true, so why did he give him a hard time and turn away? Like, I don't want anything to do with this. The answer is because so people wouldn't think that he agreed with it. He didn't want people to misconstrue his opinion. He wanted them to know he didn't agree 
with this idea. So once the wall falls down between two rishiyot, between two chatzirot, even on Shabbat itself, according to Rav, it becomes a blending of the two chatzirot that made an eruv with one another, and you cannot carry it all in either of the chatzirot. According to Shmuel, you can carry up to where the wall was for the duration of that Shabbat. And then obviously you have to fix that afterwards. Or the two chatzirot can now make a, if, if the wall is down, they can make a erove chatzirot together now. And, uh, and and unify the entire area, or they can rebuild the chutz, uh, rebuild the wall. But that's basically the uh, the machlok between Shmuel and Rav, and the halacha in this case follows Shmuel that uh, that if a wall between two chatzot that had independent erove chatzot falls down on Shabbat, we give them the duration of that Shabbat that they're considered to each be able to carry in their own chatzir, and obviously they have to rectify the situation for the next Shabbat.